You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. And, uh, you know, we're not going to go, we're not going to try to bug you too much. We won't go an hour and a half or nothing like that. We've realized the Vikings got their butt kick. He's Aaron. I'm Chris. We're here to break down this Vikings debacle, especially with uh, good old Cuzzy. The first half, first play, first half, however you want to slice and dice that. Um, ugly way to start a game, a, a way you cannot recover from. Um, even when we came back from 20 and 0, you know, I know people were saying that at half. Well, it's just like Denver. Yeah, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't just like Denver. <laughs> he didn't throw that kind of stupid ass picks, especially the first two. Uh, so we will get into some of this game. We're not going to do our normal play-by-play-by-play-by-play because we know not much happened. We had some garbage time. Sure, we got it to, what was it, 23 to 7 or something like that, but it really didn't matter, uh, you know, past that first half, if we're being honest. Um, We will break down some of the stuff, though, because, you know, when you're in this type of season, what was it, 2013 that we're 5-10-1, I believe, but this is like some less steckle type season it feels that way we'll see we all know the last 10 games the schedule get easier but i mean whether it's a great team a pretty good team or a bad team record wise we'll just play to your level whatever it is that that's what's coming out uh to to go against what most people think last week was the best nfc team seattle and grind it like that only to turn around and lose to a team that doesn't have a win. Now, I know Atlanta was much like us where they had some leads and they, they could have had two more wins, but still, they could have had two more wins. I mean, let's 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 be honest about that. So we're going to break that stuff down. We are going to, at the uh, back end of the show, per usual, now that the, the Big Ten is back, we will break down that uh, Minnesota Gopher, Michigan Wolverine prime time on ABC game. Some uh, good news if you're a Gopher fan on a roster move. Uh, I guess you could say it, although it's really not like that in college. But anyway, uh, on the Michigan side. So we'll, we're going to preview and predict that game. Obviously, we don't have a preview or prediction for next week. The good thing is, though, guys, we won't. the Vikings will not lose next week because they got to buy. So, I mean, you got to find the positives in this negative season, no doubt about it. So we're going to break it down. Um, a lot of it will be negative, of course. It's really not really negative. It's just it's not really critical either. It's just straight up. But, you know, of course, we'll look at some. I mean, Jefferson still had some great catches no matter when they happen. There was some bright spots, uh, no doubt about it. The young corners still looking like they're in position, then out of position, kind of all over the place. We'll kind of discuss um, a variety of that. It's this team can just not play as a unit, you know, week two, week six, horrendous offense, especially Cousins. Then when the offense is putting up points, I mean, it's putting up more points through six games than it did last year. It didn't matter, though, because the defense will give up five straight scores. So we just can't find that put it all together uh, moment thus far, really. Um, And. We talked off air. Aaron said something that was really key about, you know, we kind of needed our ass kicked to to, to, to just, hey, dude, this is real. And now what are we going to do for the rest of the season? Some people are talking trades. There's a rumor that we're not necessarily going to squash. We're just going to clarify. Someone, Doogie, is getting, you know, put out there like he said something when it was really a Facebook page. It's not a, a, a direct quote from him saying what the Facebook person said. So we'll talk 
about some uh, bye week stuff too, where we're at in the season, what we want to see moving forward, or forward, excuse me, yada, yada, yada. But this, if this is your first time listening to this Vikings podcast, the Purple People Eaters podcast, um, it streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Radio. It streams live at archives. Uh, but you don't have to go to Blog Talk Rope you know, there and download the show or, or listen to the browse. You don't have to. You can find this show under the Rope Radio podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, Stitcher, really a lot of different spots. We're also part of the Grueling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found everywhere, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. It's football, it's baseball, it's basketball, it's boxing, it's everything in between. And one more thing before we get into this debacle of a game. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. We do have the, they have the seven we do like I work for the company. <laughs> it's a seven day free trial. Uh, there's no annual contract. The plans start as low as $55 a month. Uh, you can stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. And right now, if you sign up, just for signing up, you get a 30-day free trial of HBO Max. Here's another layer to the deal. If you sign up for the Max package, that'll include HBO Max plus a free month of Showtime, which is normally $11 a month. Something to think about. It's called AT&T. TV now live streaming cable. It's a lot more affordable than this buck 70 stuff uh, that you find in a lot of places. Okay, okay, okay. So, first, uh, well, Cleveland did get inserted into the right guard. Um, you know, it, it goes kind of back to the guard tackle. What are we trying to do? You know, you could move Riley over and let Cleveland be the outside guy and tackle. But then again, there are a lot of great edge rushers. If he's ready, he's ready. Otherwise, maybe he wasn't. This was kind of like, hey, Drew is hurt. We've had some, you know, we've had Drew got in there after somebody else got injury. So um, Cleveland got in there, you know, which is it's nice to get the young guy playing time, not at his position but we can get that in later. So that's that's something that people were at least like, okay, you know, at least I don't have to watch Samia. Um, and I can at least feel okay for a little bit and let the guy get bullied and I won't feel as bad. You know how that goes. And then three, four games later, you're like, get him out of there, you know, that type of thing. But first and foremost, um, right off the bat, interception, Cousins, um, first play. Um, and, you know, I looked at the play from a couple angles and <laughs> like there's this half a second where the guy is roaming to the I can't remember who the player is, but he he went to the left a little bit. But there was not any really buddy over there. So he wasn't going to go cover anybody. And he's looking at him. He's trying to fit this ball in that just it's just not going to fit. You know what I mean? I mean. It's one thing to take risk. We talk about, okay, we take risk. Well, as an offense, we've gone over the bomb stat. We've been th- – we're a high-risk reward, but, you know, boom or bust. We, we talked about that stat two weeks ago. And we already take enough risks uh, deep on third and short sometimes, right, or third and manageable, whatever. You don't need to. It's like that Green Bay double-team deep ball. I, I kept seeing people I liked, uh, on Twitter, I like the aggression – that's not aggression, dude. Plus, we're the most aggressive deep team basically in the league. We're like second most. So don't give me the aggression thing. That was just a bad, bad pass. Um, and then, of course, on cue, Matty Ice for Atlanta, because this is just a living in Loserville thing, 11 quarters without a touchdown. No problem. Julio Jones touchdown, <laughs> you know, um, on cue. No problem there. Um, you could see the Vikings were kind of struggling, uh, defensively with the run for a little bit, but then they tightened up. I actually was kind of, uh, um, I was kind of like what I see, but I, I, because the tackles for loss on the defense, they made, they may have made their most. Um, and when you look at that play, Danzler had, uh, Harrison as, as safety help and he just, 
he didn't force him inside. He let him go, rookie mistake, whatever. There's another field goal on top of it after a three and out. Um, and really, you know, like I said, we, we can break this stuff down. But we had a three and out, field goal, three and out. They had a fumble. Then the Vikes go down, you know, and have an eight, eight, eight play drive. And then we kind of stumble there, you know, and that, and that didn't really um, – you know, it would have been that. What what happens after ten to seven? I don't know. But when you make a drive, get some points. You know, get some points. Uh, first and goal from inside the three. Um, I'll tell you what. Irv Smith made a nice catch. Um, that's for sure. It's nice to see him doing that. And Jefferson made a hell of a catch in traffic. We'll we'll talk more about that. But first and goal. Um, Irv drops the ball. Uh, would have been a touchdown. Uh, Rand Rudolph missed a, a block on that fourth down. Not a good look. Um, but you know, like I said, so we turn over downs. Okay. Big deal. Uh, that happens. You know, we, 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 we still got good field position and we made them punt anyway. So we got the ball back. Boom. Interception again. And right there, I'm going to go ahead and bring in Aaron here right there. That one was like, sure. The guy made a leg catch or whatever. But he eyeballed them the whole freaking time. Um, you have to go back to 2002, Culpepper, to have three picks in the first half, especially two this early. Cousins never had a three-pick first half. This one, I mean, those two tosses were just ridiculous. Yeah, Chris, good to be back talking Vikings. So, yeah, he definitely telegraphed that pass to Jefferson. And it turned out to be an interception, a good interception, by the way, by a guy I liked coming out of the draft, A.J. Terrell. I uh, thought he'd be good, but he was gone when we had a chance to pick. So that's uh, – don't want to cry over spilt milk there. But, yeah, he, you know, he telegraphed the first one for sure. I don't know what they had drawn up. There's some surprise because Zimmer had said that uh, they had something special and they wanted to go and take the ball if they had the chance, which is against all Zimmer's rules. He likes to get the defense on the field first if he can. You know, he made the call. He said he'll never do it again in the post game. So, uh, obviously, he wasn't happy with the way. And you know how he is. He's knee jerk. So he'll take that as a, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Go ask little Danny, little Danny Carlson about uh, how Zimmer <laughs> sticks to his guns on that. So I really feel like that was the the thing. And and now you look at he's you know locked in on Jefferson again, which is odd because generally he's locked in on Thielen. So something's going on there. We don't know what it is. He locked in on Jefferson, got picked. Uh, and then, you know, Hughes goes out with the neck injury. So now we're down to Harrison Hand, which I thought was Boyd playing for a long time, but turns out it was Harrison Hand. So now we're down to a really deep in the corner rotation. And, you know, give up a touchdown to Calvin Ridley. And then you line it up again for the next drive. You're thinking, okay, it's only 17 nothing. We can do something here. Just got to get our crap together. And then interception number three comes. This one, maybe not so much his fault. Uh, breakdown and pass protection. Right when he releases, he gets his hand hit. Ball goes up in the air, gets picked. They bring it back a ways, and and there we go. Yeah, I mean, when you look at this first half, pick, punt, punt, turnover on downs, pick, punt, inter. Oh no, I'm sorry, intercept. Yeah, down, turnover downs, interception, interception. I mean, of course they got a touchdown, field goal, made it twenty to zero, but. I mean, you, you just can't – the first two are just ridiculous. Yeah, the third, that definitely was a – I mean, they had a three-man rush, um, and they got home. There's a picture of it because some somebody was giving somebody shit, one of the press members locally, someone shit about the third pick. Um, just because, you know, you're already like, what the fuck is this? So, of course, you know – but when you got a three-man rush, and once again, he didn't take much time to get rid of the ball – that was that was that fault. There's a, a still that's just hilarious and sums up. I've never seen this much pressure with a three-man rush uh, throughout the year. Not that they do it every down, but I mean, it doesn't matter about the third pick. You, you got in a place where, you know, it, it just it, it's such a it's such a hole, and and we didn't dig a hole, even though it was 20 to zip, like we said last year with Denver. It it wasn't Cousins digging a hole, and that's it. This was Cousins digging a hole, and there was just nothing you were going to do about it. Okay, it's it's 20 to 0. They have a 10-play drive, you know, 58 yards, uh, third down pass that Gladney couldn't get. 
It's 23 to zero. Okay, then we we bounce back. Jefferson had like four catches on this drive. Irv made I think a fourth and four catch that was smooth too. Uh, nine plays, 75, four minutes. Okay, midway through the third quarter, 23 to seven. Is there hope? Yeah, I mean vaguely, but it didn't really matter because a six play, 69 yard pass, uh, or I think it was a pass, uh, 30 to seven. Um, the, there's a four three, Chris. <laughs> this is awesome. I mean, keep, don't I was just about that. to say, keep going. That is You're so funny. Three, three I man had it right there. Keep going. Yeah, I mean, what the rush. fuck was that fourth and three? <laughs> Three-man rush gets home. That's, you know, okay, that's uh, not supposed to happen. A lot of firsts this season. We're giving up fourth downs like it's going out of style. And here we are, fourth and three, with a chance. you got to think you got a chance at this point. It's, it, however uh, long or, or dark of a chance it is, you think that you have a chance. And I put in my notes after this, I put fourth and three, touchdown, ha, ha, ha. At this point, I, it's getting comical because you just, you know, you're blowing coverages. Uh, you're giving up things that you shouldn't be giving up. It's just, it's a joke at this point. But yeah, I just wanted to put in the fourth and three there because, <laughs> yep. I mean, come on, man. I, it's, you, you gotta, you know, remember back uh, Zimmer's first season, I think first or second, we gave up a fourth and 17 to Buffalo. This was a seminal play in early Zimmer times. And he said, you know, can't have that. It ended up right. costing the game and now we're giving up fourth and, and long every week and uh it's just not looking great yeah gladney ended up well first of all matt ryan is not a run threat you can make up and try to catch him so you don't have to bite on the run and that's what he did and it got him out of position next thing he was on the ground like you said it's just I loved how you timed that fourth and three, dude, and beat me to it. That's fucking sweet because it was I was literally about to go, now what the fuck happened here? Now, I'll say this, Gladney on that damn targeting shit. Uh, so the wide receivers, and especially running backs, they can put their head down and just jam right through to you. But Gladney puts his head down or, or you know, uses his shoulder, and he drops low, and this guy just – you know, drops lower, you know, his head, and it's on him. That shit is bullshit. Um, we did get some good third-down blitzes here and there, and Odenbo got a sack, a sack and a half. Um, like I said, I like the tackles for losses, but it was a wrap at that point. And it seems like every season you're going to have one of these just bad games. Um, you hope it doesn't happen in the playoffs. But, yeah, usually that happens. You can go back. You know, I mean, even look at under Zimmer, you, you do have these uh, 2015, 38 to seven from Seattle. I remember that game. And that was crazy because that game or not that game, but later in the year, we should have beat him with that field goal. Um, I remember the Colts 34 to six in 2016 Philly in the playoffs. That was ugly. Uh, the Bills two years ago, I'd say the biggest blowout last year, obviously, was that Niners. Uh, that that was ridiculous, but you know it, it, it's an ugly game. Uh, Jefferson, we'll talk a little bit about him. I got some you know impressive stats and all that, but um, when you look at it, it just uh, just ugly all around, man. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say, and, and this is one of those games um, that I thought the defense played good enough to be in the game, not necessarily win the game. Week two, I thought they played good enough to win that game because they held them to what five field goals or something like that, and and we didn't play. We we played. We had three points until the last second um, of that game. So like the last minute or whatever. And you know the garbage touchdowns. That stuff doesn't matter. Um, one thing I'll say though is we did see from last week that the shotgun. We talked about that the short passing and and. and we saw them pretty close. Like the second half, they're like, all right, three-stripe drop for the most part. Let's see what's going on. They couldn't run the ball whatsoever. I felt bad for Matson because he was trying his – I mean, he got stood up probably five or six times. A couple of them he bounced off, and I was pretty impressed. But there was just nowhere to go. As impressive as it looked for the defense – or, you know, for our defense to get those, those uh, tackles for loss, they got several of them too. So I think they only had like – I don't know. It wasn't much running. And, and it, what are you going to run when you're down 20 to zip, 23 to zip? I'm talking about the first half, really, um, when we could have maybe got something better going with the run. But then again, 
this game comes down to the stupid, those first two interceptions, the lackadaisical plays on both sides of the ball. Um, it was just an ugly one, man. How many more ugly ones, though, are we going to have <laughs> moving forward? Maybe we needed this kick in the ass. Um, how do you feel about getting a kick in the ass, Aaron, and then having a bye week? Um, is that going to help, or does that kind of – you want to get back in that next Sunday so you can get that bad taste out of your mouth? I think in under normal circumstances, it, it, it can help. But under this circumstance, it just seems like things are starting to fracture a little more than – than you would like to see. I mean, you're starting to hear teams or uh, veterans talk about trades. You're starting to hear, you know, a lot of a lot of that stuff going around. Are we in a rebuild? Are we not in a rebuild? What's the direction of the franchise? These type of things that you haven't heard since maybe Denny Green uh, about bye weeks and a lot of uh, insecurity as to who's might might or might not return from the bye week. Now I think we're all in pretty good stay there. They just re-signed a. Uh, you know, uh, Spielman and Zimmer. So I, I don't see a move there, uh, particularly at this point in the season. But, and or, you know, to speculate, I don't see it for the rest of the year either. I think those guys are going to be coaching. I think it's a lot of people with some knee-jerk opinions out there saying that Zimmer's on a hot seat or, or, or Spielman is. We don't know that to be true. They just got signed contracts. So we'll deal with what the contract says at this point in time. And it just puts you in a really weird spot because you don't see a lot of uh, positives coming out of the, uh, besides the schedule lightening up a bit, but now your team's starting to break down a little bit. So it's kind of lining up to be, you know, how many more wins are we going to see this season? And then, you know, the question is how many more wins do we want to see this season? And we'll make it into that a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, and you talk about stats, Chris, I mean, Cousins' fourth quarter stats in a blowout are tremendous. Uh, this guy can put up points when nothing matters, you know, and that's one of the frustrating things about Cousins. 1953 to 40.07 was the time of the possession. And this kind of made me think a little bit more what we were just talking about, not that stat, but what we were just talking about. Um, knowing that they did um, – they knew there was going to be turnover. We know that. Obviously, it, it hurts to have Hunter out and no Pierce from the get-go. doesn't help to have Barr out, but especially that edge rusher and, a, and some meat and potatoes in the middle. Um, we know that. They know that. And the, the Wills know that, right? And, you know, a brand, like four new corner or two new corners that are playing, but we had to replace four of them. I guess what I'm trying to get at, you know, so they knew that when they were re-signing these guys a little bit, not re, just extending them, whatever. The GM, Spielman, and of course Zimmer. Do you think in the back of their head they knew this would be at least a retool? And I'm talking about the Wolves. And you think that they kind of went into this season like, well, let's see what kind of season it is, and what do they do? They, you know, do they want a higher pick and, and lose these games? Or we've talked about, you know, off air about the rotation. Should we? Only give Cook 15 carries when he comes back to save it. Might as well. Well, what do you think that the Wilfs knew about this season going in? Because when we talk about what are we going to do, are we going to play some less people? Are we going to maneuver some or rotate corners or guards or whatever? Or, or give the ball, to, you know, the Matson a little bit more and Boone as well. What, what do you, you know, they got jobs to keep. Obviously, you don't want to only win two games. They got jobs to keep, but. And I'm talking about, of course, the head coach and GM. But what, do, do you think that those conversations were deeply discussed about 2020? Because it's hard for me to believe they weren't some, you know, to an extent anyway. I, I think they were. Uh, I say that because you've got Mike Zimmer as your coach and your whole cornerback room takes off. Uh, and you know you're going to have to have some young players. Maybe you tried to sign a veteran in there or something a stopgap, but it didn't work out for you. And so now you got young corners. I think that had to do before he put his pen on that paper. I think they had a long discussion about the direction of this team. And it's something that we're not privy to at the moment, but I think they had a good idea that they would do their best this season uh, with all the things they didn't anticipate bar. They didn't anticipate Hunter. So they thought they'd have a reasonable chance at a decent defense that might be able to carry them. Uh, they knew the money situation was going to be tight. Uh, they knew that maybe next year the money's going to be tighter. Uh, it's going to be hard to pay a coach and give out that money. 
Uh, so I think there was a lot going into that before they signed the, you know, particularly for Spielman. I think he really had to sit down and say, where are we going after that draft? he had and just brought in a bunch of young players. We should have saw the writing on the wall. And I think we kind of yeah. did a little bit uh, of that. We're going to go young in a lot of places and that we signed, you know, years previously we had signed our, what we considered to be our anchor, our core, our core on probably both sides of the ball. Uh, we still have the problem with the offensive line, which, you know, we can talk for days. We have talked for days. We've talked for years. You can't, you know, just to leave it short, you can't expect success all the time from sixth and seventh round picks. Yeah, you got Cleveland. Looks like he might work out, but you know that's been a thorn in the side of Spielman. But I think overall, the Wolves were aware that this was going to be. I don't think they saw the the extent of how rough the season was going to be. They couldn't, you know, you couldn't foresee the injuries or the opt out. But I think they knew it was going to be a little rougher than normal. And I think they all kind of agreed that this window was closing and they wanted to maybe make a seamless transition into a rebuilding stage. And that just kind of got hit by those injuries. And now it's like a full rebuild. There's really no way to hide it. Uh, you got to find a way to move money. Uh, if you're going to trade players, you got to think about that. Uh, and, you know, there's some pieces to work with here. So if you kind of take yourself out of this season, uh, emotionally, I guess, and right. go, and we kind of said this earlier in the season that, you know, this is a great time. There's no fans in the stands. There's no, you know. It's true. kind of got to <laughs> not get booed off the field. <laughs> not get booed off the field. The media, you can you can mostly block that out. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, it's a great time. It, it would have been nice if they would have been a little more honest with the fans. Maybe the expectations wouldn't have been so high. I mean, you go on Facebook, that's a cesspool, Chris. We were talking about it earlier. Yeah. And it's just, wow, there's some really high expectations where – if you're really looking at the squad, they didn't need to be that high coming into the season. But we've got this problem with our, a very expensive quarterback who's, you know, I think it's fair to say, how you, however you feel about him, that, you know, he's not make he's not living up to the contract that he signed. And I don't want to get into that. But so we need to figure out what the end, again, who's behind him, Chris? We had this little discussion earlier. I mean, you're not bringing up anybody who you think has real ability behind him. Uh, so what are you going to do at that position? And then you've got the offensive line. So I think they've got an idea of what they want to do, but you draft 15 guys, you're playing a lot of them and, uh, still no real solutions on the offensive line. That's troubling. And I think the Wolves were, had to have been aware or made aware, or maybe had some things that they wanted to say to Spielman and Zimmer as well. I mean, what's coming back on the other side, do you think from the Wolves to Zimmer and, and those guys, there has to be a plan in place. You just feel like there had to have been some sort of discussion before those contracts were signed. Just the exodus, especially at cornerback, they had to, have, like you said, known something and, and been able to deal with this year. The money-wise, though, I don't think it's money as far as the Zimmer stuff because they're billionaires, and that doesn't go against our cap. So I don't think it's a problem there. And, you know, the cap thing, we, you know, the last couple of years – We've been talking about this cap thing now. And every year, up, we have nothing. We can't do nothing. We can't do that. And then all of a sudden, one thing happens, two things happen, and we got $12 million to spend. So we don't anticipate Riley being here, per se. And he's playing solid. Uh, he may not be worth what his contract has said, but he's playing, you know, he's playing solid. But we really didn't think he's going to be here next year. Barr is going to have to take a pay cut to stay on the team. That was a clear overpay. And part of me thinks he will stay. The other part of me thinks, you know what? I could get some guaranteed money. I could get traded. I could get cut, whatever the case may be. But I could also go to a 3-4 defense and have the rest of my – because he hasn't been the most healthy guy since the first year and a half. So maybe he would go, you know what? Send me to a top five, top ten team. Not send me for sure in a trade, but, you know, get there somehow in a 3-4 defense. And I think he may think of that too, um, but clearly he has to come down on that. Um, and like you said, I mean, this offensive line, some of this. Legacy CRM platforms have made you compromise for far too long. With HubSpot CRM platform, you don't have to choose between enterprise tools that are powerful or easy to use. It gives you both. So your marketing, sales, and service teams can align with ease, accelerate sales, and anticipate every customer need. 
Finally, there's a CRM platform that helps you run better so you can grow better without complexity ever getting in the way. Learn more at HubSpot.com. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% .9 of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed stuff it's just we're gonna get into some fun stats or whatever not all of them are fun obviously but yeah some of the stuff like jefferson i mean the guy's making the guy's doing great um and like i said i'll get to that in a second but yeah i i think you're right I, i'm with you I, it'd be hard not to see that many people leave and not think this is going to be a mediocre season that you know even us we're saying nine and seven at best probably um you know before the season started and then to add on to that, yeah, you know, I, I think uh, I think they know. I think they know. But do they are they okay with three or four wins? You know what I mean? That's a little different. Um, like I mentioned, this is coming from Courtney Cronin, uh, Kirk Cousins' first time, uh, three picks and a half. And uh, yeah, that, I, I read that right. Dante Culpepper, 2012, two. Got to go 18 years back. To how that happened. Now back to Jefferson. We gotta we gotta show some some positivity here a little bit. Jefferson topped 100 yards in the game for the third time this season. Um, Jefferson tied for second with Sammy White for these 100 yards uh, seasons as a rookie. Second, of course, we know who's number one. And Hassan Jones, Sammy White 76, Hassan Jones 86. So he's tied. Uh, for second with those two. So that that's always fun to hear those names, man. Yeah, um, man. I was just thinking, Hassan Jones brought me back to like playing football in the park with my friends. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like way back in the day, I just had that that feeling about that. That was a great name to bring up. Heck yeah, dude. And I love me some Sa Sammy White and Ahmad Rashad was like my, when I was little, 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 it was like, oh, these guys, these are the best. Um, and RIP <clears throat> to Sid Hartman. Uh, Peter Vesey had this uh, quote, unsure I want to live to 100 because that's what, you know, R.I.P. Sid made it to. But if I do, I'm moving to Minnesota where John Kundla coached the Lakers to five NBA titles and lived to 101 because he died in 2017. Sid lived to 100 and Harold Guilford, who flawlessly crash landed that Lakers plane in 60. He uh, without lights in the Iowa snowstorm. Uh, he's, he's 95. <laughs> so that's a pretty freaking cool tweet to kind of put it all together like that. Um, but yeah, when you look at what Jefferson's doing, the most catches 15 yards, a uh, plus, you know, he has 15 Kelvin Ridley leads the league. So he's second in that, uh, in the league on that. I mean, when you look at his targets, dude, so through six weeks, you got uh, Hopkins, no secret, I'm sure. Um, the Texans QB would like him. Robbie Anderson is really going off. He's got uh, 51 targets, 566, but coming in third is our guy Diggs with 59 targets, Ridley with 57, 50, 555, and 546. But here's our guy, only 36 targets because we know the first two games he didn't get many, 537. And, and so you're right, he's third in the league or fifth in the league, but look at the targets. And then here, here's another layer to this 36 targets. 28 receptions on 36 targets and get this Aaron 28 receptions 22 of them have been for first downs that is a telling stat if I've ever seen one catching in traffic catching in the slot going deep making a move this kid is advertised we're not trying to put him in the hall of fame like a lot of folks but this kid is a real deal player yeah, I can't disagree with that. He's making all the catches, and he's really got like this attitude that you really want to see. We haven't had a guy like him. Diggs had it, but it was a different kind of attitude. And he just seems to be through all the crap that's going on with the team. He's the one that has the most energy. He's bringing the energy. You can see it. 
uh, when he catches a ball that he's like, he doesn't want to go down without swinging. And, and that's what you want to see right now with this club. And, you know, I quickly want to, you know, Chris, I guess I could segue into that just by saying that I'm starting to feel like this team, you know, is gotten a little too familial. It's almost like too much of a family vibe going on here. It's, it's starting to feel like some guys have been here for a really long time. You know, the coach and GM have been here for a really long time. And I just quickly, you know, the point is just that you, you got to find guys that'll shake it up. I think Jefferson is one of those, one of those guys that can shake it up. I think we need to find some defensive guys that can bring that attitude. We thought Dantzler would have it, but he's kind of, you know, he's starting to show himself to be a little bit meek, but I think, you know, once he makes a play, I mean, we're not seeing these guys make plays yet. We're just seeing them kind of do their job, kind of keep their mouth shut. And I think that has to do with a lot of like this family vibe. I mean, Patterson's got guys on the line that we don't even know why he has them, but they're there. Uh, we've got, you know, a lot of players that just, you know, they seem to be on the roster every year, but we don't know why. And, and it's, it's kind of odd. I just feel like maybe there's needs to be some shakeup. And I think that's what you're going to see with this season. And if I could just say something quick about Sid, I mean, if you're going to talk about a run, I mean, this guy, first, he got a hundred years. He got to be in sports his whole life. Uh, I got to meet everybody knows everybody inside and out of sports. Uh, there's a statue of him built outside of target field. I mean, this guy lived the life, and I'm just glad to see that that's still possible in today's day and age. And sad to see him go, but you gotta you gotta look at his life and just say that was well done, a life well lived. I mean, his first article was in 1925. I mean, <laughs> wow, dude. Yeah, dude, I'm with you. As far as the family thing, I, I I know you talked about this before free agency too, but they did. They got a divorce with some of these guys in the family, so I'm not. I don't. I don't know about. I, I don't know if I'll, I. I hear what you're saying, but and it's hard to have rookies be the. the it, you know, when you're matched up against a number one receiver every week, it's tough to be like overly pumped because you just got beat on the last play. Um, so I, I hear what you're saying. I don't know if I'd go all the way like that's the main issue because. We did just clear house with literally like six players, and it was on the most family-oriented side of the ball, right, the defensive ball. I do want to clean up something uh, out there for Darren Wolfson uh, because he's been quoted like he – in numerous places I've seen it. um, Like he he has this source, and he came out with this source. Uh, Vikings Nation on Facebook, Reliable Sources – uh, have told me that two Vike vets requested a trade. Uh, there are some major changes coming this week. Well, this week, I mean, I guess during the, I don't know. But um, he said, and this is what he, and this he responded to somebody saying, anything you got on this? And this is his response. This was not his, his post. He says, there's, you know, definite frustration. They're one in five, yeah. Would some vets prefer to play for a winner and a different staff? Yeah, I'd agree with that. They'd like to, but this isn't the NFL. This isn't the NBA. Or I mean, it is the NFL. It's not the NBA. It's not the NHL. It's not MLB where you trade the farm. Because remember, in a lot of these sports that we're talking about, like with baseball and basketball, you're just getting the points ran up on you and losing games. And playing super young, you cannot just rearrange your old team and act like you're going to be able to protect Cook and protect people. And you can get people seriously hurt if you think you're going to have. Because once again, Aaron, these Facebook things where you're just like, dog, you can't, you can't do that. This isn't selling the farm before the deadline. And not only that, but you know, I, I think there's a player or two that that's you know that that could be discussed, no doubt, because. There is some leverage the team has, just like a, a team has leverage over a team higher in the draft, right? Well, what were you going to give me to come up? Well, if you feel like you got a squad that can make a run, man, we could get, you know, Riley, or man, we could add this player or something like that. A lot of people talking about Rudolph as well. He kind of came out and said that he wants to be here for the rest of his career. Well, he, he actually came out and talked about, hey, wait a second. Um, but, you know, we'll save next week for some more breakdown on how this season's gone, some more 
stats compared to last year and all that. Um, but in the end, you know, this these next 10 games, man, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, can we f- – I mean, it was one bad, horrible stinker, but, you know, can we – be a little bit more consistent and not play to levels no matter who we're playing. Um, because like I said, Atlanta, yeah, they were, they didn't have a win, but if you go back, they had two large leads that they gave up. And remember we were the ones talking about, well, we could be two or three or three and two. And that was a true statement, but so could they have been. So we got to play at levels, just straight the F up. Anything else Vikings oriented before we get to, the Michigan Minnesota game. No, I think anything else I would have to say we can we're going to have time to talk about a whole bunch of subjects coming up in this season I think and you know I think the worst thing that could possibly happen would be just go on a win streak and win like 7, you know. I mean, yeah, that would be good, but for the long term of this franchise, I think we need to the wheels got to come off and uh we got to kind of bottom out and and see what that brings us and, and what we can keep and what we can give away. So now we can talk about the Minnesota Golden Gophers. I think that's where you're headed, right? Well, I was actually going to talk about uh, AAA baseball draft that we did pretty good in. No, yeah, I mean, and the only I, just because I like what you just said, if we won seven in a row when we got to the playoffs, that's a whole different ball game. But to do to win seven out of ten, that's not going to get you the playoffs. So it's like, what do you want there if you're not going to go to the playoffs? And we're probably going to end up losing anyway. So yeah, it's it's a weird game. Yes, I am talking about that Michigan Wolverine, the the jug, the big brown jug. The jug is there for this rivalry. It's one of the oldest. We don't play them every year anymore. But if you look at when it started and how many times this, you know, the meetings have taken place, you know, you got you know, Yale, Harvard. You know, they, there's only a couple that beat them, actually. People don't realize it. But this thing goes way back, way back. So. Number 18, Michigan versus number 21, Minnesota. Um, when this game opened uh, a little bit ago, we had the slight favorite. That has now changed. Uh, we are three-and-a-half-point underdogs. And the three points at home really isn't that anymore. It's more of a point because, you know, there's no crowd really. Um, the over-under is 545 uh, let me see. I mean, we're having, we haven't even mentioned it, but it is snowing. We may set a record for this early in the season, uh, for snow. The record was three inches. I think we got that beat, but I'm looking at it and it just looks like a high of 30 on that day. And, and you never know what happens with the snow, but, um, it's cold in Michigan, especially on the lake there, but, uh, it's going to be cold weather right from the jump. That kind of trips me out. Uh, just off that but if you look at the Vikes have you know all their starters on offensive line plus a sixth person who we've seen kind of in and out of the lineup whether it's just going with it with the matchup or injury you know some of those big guys have gotten injured a little bit so we got six returning guys we're now uh, two-year starters most of them going into their third year same with the quarterback I mean, basically, Mo's been there, too, most of this time because we had injuries from our other uh, senior running backs and junior running backs the last couple of years. Bateman back in the fold. I mean, offensively, in this weird season, the training camp for the Big Ten is so much different because you got a couple of training camp, no school uh, practices, and then they canceled the season. So they've been practicing since then taking little mini breaks, but they've been practicing since then, but it wasn't two days. You know, the first like three weeks of training camp is two days and in scrimmages and all this stuff because there's no school. Well, they had to be under the, that, the, the hourly, you only get 30 hours a week type stuff. So it's been weird. And in, in one sense, it kind of makes up for the seven on seven that they missed in, in April, May and June and, and, and whatnot, because they can do that, you know, all alone with their, you know, with, with the teammates or whatever. So look at that April 4th until now they've been practicing just not as full board as they could. It's a really strange situation. It really, I wonder like when you see the NFL and college football right now, some of the timing on some of these routes are just not there. You can tell college, you see it more because there's so much more 
Like, you know, you're going to lose a stud wide receiver to the draft. That's just how it happens. Um, whereas you're not going to let a stud receiver go in the pros. Right. But I've noticed that that the the longer routes, man, it, it seems like we're not on the same page. And I think it's going to take a good couple of weeks. We've seen it on the other side with some of these guys uh, that have started earlier than us, the SEC, ACC and Big 12. And it's now just starting to take shape. The good thing is we're all on the same page, though. They all had to, everybody had to do that. Um, I'm just thinking eight weeks from now. Two things. I'm going to pass it to my co-host. Two things, though. Actually, I'll, I'll get into some roster talk because we do have some good news uh, with uh, with a roster uh, Michigan thing. But what, what are your thoughts on this game? Let me let me pass it to you, sir. Well, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I, you know, I'm a little tentative because you don't have the warm-ups, you know, you don't have the non-conference games. And the last year that turned out to be not so much of a warm-up. We're in tight games the whole way, but it would have been nice to have one before you go to, you know, before Michigan comes in just to kind of, you know, put some grease on in there and then make sure everything's working right and maybe get some players going. But, you know, this season's going to be interesting. We got three Friday night games. Uh, Flex said that he was, he didn't have a problem with it. So the Big Ten go ahead, went ahead and scheduled three of them. And, and then we got the new offensive coordinators. Now, we know we're pretty solid on the offensive side of the ball as far as players are concerned. But now with Mike Sanford and and, and Matt Simon, uh, co-offensive coordinators, Kurt Chiraka gone, went to Rutgers. Uh, that's going to be a little bit of a wrinkle to see how that new offense looks, what they use from last year, what they're putting in that's new. Uh, but personnel-wise, you should be fine offensively. I think defensively with – with uh, Rossi's defense, it'll be the same thing. But then he got a bunch of new faces over there. He got new linebackers and and uh, guys have played. Now that's the upside of that. We're not going cold with a lot of these guys. They got some time in last year, but but uh, as far as we know, you know they haven't had extended time. So you're looking at a, a relatively new defense. Don't know what you're going to get right out of the gate against the Michigan Wolverines for the little brown jug. And uh, we don't really know what's going on on the Michigan side with the new quarterback Milton who's played a little bit, but there's not a lot of tape on him to see. And, you know, they're filled full of four stars, 44 four stars and two five stars on that squad. Not that that matters when you, when you lace them up, but you know, you know that Michigan's going to bring a good defense. They're going to bring a tough defense and they're going to have players. And uh, now we're at a point where I think we can match that, but have we done it before? Have we kicked off a season against a really good opponent? We haven't quite done that yet in this era uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, a good opponent, you know, Fresno State is a good opponent, but I hear what you're saying. It's quite a step up, um, no doubt about it. I think on the back end of the defense, uh, Tyler Newbin, even that uh, Swenson, Benny Sapp Jr., we'll see who's going to be next to Howden. Um, cornerbacks, we should be good to go. We got a lot of veterans there. Uh, between Oliver and Rush, they played a fair amount at linebacker already, including, you know, the, the, the studs. Those defensive ends are, are just ready. The defensive line in general, I think the tackles will play um, a fair amount better this year just because they've been here, done that. A lot of veterans there. Um, we don't know the exact starting lineup just yet, right? But um, we do know a couple of items here, though. Um, as far as what they got coming back, they actually, because they had an injury last year pretty early on, they only have one um, starter from last year's line throughout the whole season. But this Hayes dude, uh, I think he's a tackle. He, he started um, a couple of games, but John Runyon Jr. was out due to injury. So that it's kind of a weird they, – they usually put together a pretty damn good offensive line, but it's not – the same as far as because they're going to be doing, like you said, too, retooling. And and how much time did this guy get? You know, the cool thing, like we talk about the pros, cool thing is the June and July time they did get at least in the facility more than the pros did. But still, I, I don't know. But here's an app. Here's something. Nico Collins, uh, basically their most veteran um, wide receiver coming back for the Wolverines is not going to play. Um, he just signed with uh, Drew Rosenhaus, who always takes uh, Miami players, whether they're ready to go or not. He talks them into it. He talked Nico into it. Um, 
but he is out. And sure, I'm sure they may have kind of knew this is a possibility, um, but still, it, it does suck not having your neck, you know, your best guy coming back. Um, it, I mean, in a sense, it wouldn't be just like Bateman because Bateman's more just a better player. But the the guy had, I think, 900 total yards in two years, so the guy had production. Uh, I think the other guy coming back has production over the last couple of years, not quite as high. But I do hear what you're saying as far as just wake up, it's here. And it's funny the way the – I guess not funny, right? But the way that the schedule's working next year, we had already anticipated that happening, right? We knew we were going to play Ohio State first. But uh, this year it kind of snuck up on us. But, hey, with this kid who's got a lot of potential, he's not bringing back a bunch of experienced offensive linemen or wide receiver this might be the best time to get this kid you know what i mean to go against them yeah i agree and in the cold weather is not going to help him at all either and let's hope it stays cold for him but you know my real question and i'm most excited to see uh this year is that defensive line the rotation with a lot of new guys a lot of great recruits from the year before that have probably put on some weight over the extended off season uh, apparently they're really high on their offensive or their defensive ends with Boye Mafe and, and uh, Otemua. And then there's a kid that I just love his name, and I'm going to be keeping an eye on him just because of his name, Ja Joyner, uh, one of the 2020 recruits who's like 6'5". He's got all the tools, uh, got away from the SEC, came up here. We ha- they haven't said much about him, but I feel like if you're named Ja Joyner and you're a defensive end, I feel like you gotta you got to bring some smoke. So I think – I'm going to keep an eye on that guy as a defensive end. And, you know, real question for the season is, is how do they, you know, you know, with Fleck, every game's World War II. So I'm not going to worry about intensity. I'm not going to worry about the players being ready to play, which is great. To, it's a great comfort to be able to rest on that. But you just want to look at what's the attitude really for 2020 because 2021 looks really bright. Uh, so, you know, are they going to look at it? You know, you got to look at COVID outs and things like that and, you know, do you end up in a situation, maybe not with the losses, but with personnel that maybe you end up with the Vikings a little bit where you're going to go, I'm going to try this guy because now we're down to our third safety. And, you know, things like that are going to be a little wonky this season. But a big question, Mark, is who's going to play next to Jordan Howden? I know he needs to improve on his open field tackling uh, a little bit, but I think he can hold down one safety position, but he's no Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, and, you know, who's going to play that other position is a, is a huge question, Mark. Offensively, like I said, you know, I think we're doing pretty good over there, barring any injuries. As long as the scheme is good and everybody knows what to do, I think we'll score points. It's just the defense. I'm not worried about it because I have a lot of faith in the coaching staff there, but I want to see it. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see the new players. I want to see how those linebackers hold up. Uh, and I want to see how the how the defensive backs go. They're a little thin at corner, but I think they can handle it. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be a test. And, you know, Coming up on it a couple weeks ago, I wasn't as nervous about it as I am today. Uh, I thought, well, we can handle it. But now you start to, you know, you start to see that this is a, a blue blood program, which we want to be. And you come in and you win this game, which I think they got a great chance to win this game. I think it's going to be close, probably a lot of points. Uh, but, you know, the weather can help a lot in this one. It's good to see the, the snow. And you're right, man. The snow just keeps coming down. And thick too, dude. Yeah, deep tackles, man. When you look at the, and we don't, we're not working with a two deep. That's actual two deep. These are just projections right now. But I mean, Shad and and that transfer grad transfer who got some, you know, do tread treat well. And Cheney Jr., a, a guy who started making some plays. And and uh, the third year Jamal Teague, who's actually been able to play. I mean, it go. And there's two other guys that are, you know, one's young, one's a vet. Like. And the guy you mentioned, too, at DN, like, these are the guys that, you know, are going to be juniors and redshirt sophomores now. And I really feel confident there um, to, you know, what they got there. But, yeah, I think this thing will come down to um, who makes the most just mistakes, whether they're turnovers, whether it's a penalty on third down that makes it a third and 12, you know, that type of thing early on. You know, what What can we do there? You know, and it's a tight game. I mean, 54.5, I, I, I don't know if it goes over. I mean, is it going to be windy that day? It's pretty cold. Um, we have a lot of it. Oh, man, I just feel like our experience is really 
going to come into play. We obviously have to establish the run. Um, that's key against this freaking defense because they always, if you can start to get a little run on them, then they have kind of gave up some big plays. We know they got offensively and de- defensively, especially at the skill players, but just in general, like you said, all those four stars and the five stars too, but the speed, the athlete, it is a different level, but it, you know, it's not like Michigan's been winning 12 games a year either. Um, you know, they've, they've come up. You short. Like what you said. I like what you said about, you know, it's not who you play. It's when you play them. And I think if you're going to play these guys, a cold day in Minneapolis for a, for a, what a freshman, Richard freshman stud quarterback, you know, probably hasn't felt that the bite of the Minnesota air yet. I think you're, you know, you're right about that. I'm going to probably try to get you to make a pick here because I'm going to make a pick. I think we win. I was I just about win. to actually. All right. Well, I think we win. I'm going to go first. I say we win. I think only because of the weather. Now, if, this, if everything melts tomorrow, I'm going to change my pick. But I think if it stays cold and the snow continues to fall, which is, you know, what we're Tuesday right now, uh, Saturday's a long way off in Minnesota. So, uh, but if it's yeah, cold, it was 80, and, 10 days ago, <laughs> if it's cold and windy, I like us. I think we win somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, I don't think we're gonna score a lot of points. I'd say like 20, 28, maybe 28 to 20, something like that. Uh, I'll go ahead and say if it's a bright, sunny day, 60 degrees out, I think we it's could probably, gonna be. I think we could hit the 54 and, and uh, probably, I'm not going to say a shootout, but I'm going to say probably something in them like 30, 32 to 21, something like that. And uh, uh, a much closer game. Uh, but I just don't think, you know, I got a lot of faith in, in us in the cold weather. I think these kids pop in that, in that kind of environment. And it'd be nice to kick off the season with a big win over Michigan. Man, would it? Two things. Um, the highest high is Thursday. 37 is the high and it's raining that day so if it doesn't hit the high you know what that means high of 35 on friday high of 33 on saturday in uh, on sunday snow right so wonder if that snow comes a day early oh so i don't think it's going to be 65 like you said we you know looking at sometimes when you go on a little minute vacation you got a couple of days off in a row you look at the your phone and then three days later like you said it's like what the hell what happened either good or bad i don't think it's gonna you know it's gonna be pretty cold so i don't see that snow going too many places with those highs um so that's one thing too did you think i was gonna duck this pick sir did you did you think i was gonna duck this pick well, I kind of thought to myself because I'm like, wow, I didn't make a pick here, and I'm kind of weaseling my way out of it. So I'm thinking <laughs> a tough one because it really is a tough game to call. It I didn't you're gonna weasel one out, but I just thought, you know, it's tough to call. Maybe you're trying to read where I was on it as well. No, I had it written down 26-23, the Golden Gophers with that little brown jug. Get it done. Um, and the the jug comes. Well, we'll talk about it next week. Now, the jug comes from some funny-ass shit. It was water. Then the water got spiked. Then they said, nah, you're not going to give us any water on that side. And they came up with this little jug. It's kind of random. Uh, I wonder what it was spiked with. Who knows back in the day? I mean, when you could go to the dentist and get cocaine, I wonder what the hell it was spiked with back then. Um, any last words, sir, before we shut this thing down? Uh, no, just follow us on Instagram at living period in period loserville. Uh, period. And uh, we got 38 followers. I think we can do a little bit better than that. So get on Instagram, come find us. We put on our links to the show as well as some other content. So uh, other than that, I I think we're going to beat Michigan, man. I really do. And the content that's right there is some throwback that we did in the spring, late, late spring, basically early summer, some throwback season stuff, the eighties, the nineties, the two thousands, the 2010s, like, we really went throwback on it. There's even some gopher stuff, throwback gopher stuff too. But Vikings throwback shows, we did about four of them in a row. So they're there, sitting right there on that Instagram page. We are out. Go Vikes. And, you know, let's make a good trade. <laughs> um, and then, of course, go gophers. We'll be back next week. Peace.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.